and welcome to episode 26 of the Massive Attack podcast, Welcome to My World. I'm Joe, and with me on Skype again this month is Mitch. Good Because things haven't gone really how everyone expected them to go in 2020, and normally around this time of year, it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere, and all of the big movies normally come out in the US, but nothing's really happening at the moment. We thought we would go back and we would have a look at the summer blockbusters from the 1980s. So this was kind of when we were coming into our age, and we were starting to go to the movies, and we were starting to really get into those big screen moments. So we thought, yeah, let's go back and, and have a bit of a look of some of the big movies back of that time and what they meant to us. Yes, I do miss the cinema and I would love to go back and see some, but let's go back, back to when we did go to the cinemas, those good old days of buying overpriced popcorn and sitting down and, you know, dickheads behind you kicking your seats. Oh, that was such good times. See, I can imagine you were one of the kids that were actually kicking the person in no. front of the seat. I, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> I respect the cinema way too much. You do, yes. I love it. It's like, I mean, I, I never fooled around much in a cinema either. Maybe Killing Zoe was the only, that's a movie, not a person. And, <laughs> and yes, but no, it's like, I'm here to watch the movie. What are you doing? And it's too expensive to fool around. True. Well, the movie points. Some bad movies, maybe. I can actually remember getting into trouble in the cinema once when I was uh, quite a young child. I think I probably would have been primary school age, and it was a Saturday morning, and I went with a couple of friends, and we were laughing and carrying on a bit too much, and the usher told us off. And after I got told off, I was so upset that I'd been told off, I actually left my jacket in the cinema. And my parents parents had to take me back later on that day to pick up my jacket because I'd left it at the cinema. But yes, and I think that scarred me for life after that, and I never misbehaved in a cinema since. And that's a good lesson learnt. Yes. I think I was going to see The Last Flight of Noah's Ark, so that gives you an idea of how old I was when that came out. Is that they make a plane into a raft or something? Uh, Yes, it's like a... A World War Two B-52 bomber or something, and they, they turned it into a, a boat. I vaguely remember that. Adventure yes. movies. Uh, did we talk about it last episode? But watch National yeah, Treasure was... 2, because I wanted to watch an adventure movie, and we don't really get them anymore, and especially for kids. And we sh- we sh- we've been showing our kids movies, and I'm, I'm sick of Disney, to a yep. point. I need a break, so I've been showing some Miyazaki. But it's like, I, was, I actually Googled 80s family films, thinking, what did we used to watch? Because... What was fun and what did we – and things like Goonies, essentially, the adventure yep. films when I was there. And I, But I'm looking for those sort of films and those adventure movies. And I did grow up watching things like The Last Flight of Noah's Ark. You know, you just sort of – they're a thing. You know, it's sort of like, oh, yeah. I found that if there is a movie with a kid in a main role – um, my kids will gravitate towards it a bit more than watching adults do stuff. Yeah. So we watched quite a while ago now, but we watched uh, Flight of the Navigator, and my kids quite like that, even though the effects in it did not hold up. Oh, compliant. I love that movie. Yeah, but the, just things like that, and obviously Goonies, because they are kids and kids on BMXs and that sort of stuff, they, they kind of oh, get into it a bit more. But yeah, I'm just trying to work out, is six too young for those films? So they want to be a little bit older to sort of appreciate it more. So I'm, I'm really torn as to when to show those sort of movies and looking for them, but I definitely do 
miss the blockbuster film. So let's start, shall we? Now, you, you specified the 80s. Let's yes. just look at the blockbuster. Now, the blockbuster sort of started in 1976 with Jaws because movies didn't really come out in the summer. They did. But they weren't the big tentpole films because it was summer. People are off having fun. They're outside. They're not going to the movies. And it wasn't until Jaws came out that it became a thing. And it just made so much money. They're going, hang on, people do go to the movies in the summer. It's when everyone's got time. Hmm. So from that day forth, the summer blockbuster was born. Now, yeah, I've so, got a list of movies here. They may not all be summer blockbusters, but we'll try and stay on topic. Yeah, a couple of mine came out in late May. So not quite summer in the Northern Hemisphere, but I've kind of tried to keep mine between May and sort of early August as far as mine went. So they are kind of over that summer break time in the States. Mm. All right. So let, let's jump in with the start of the 80s, 1980. Yeah. So I, I could only think of one out of the list I looked at from 1980 that really jumped out at me, and that was The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So in the US box office, it made $290 million, So it was actually the third highest grossing movie of all of the 1980s. And yeah, I think it still holds up as being my favourite Star Wars film. Well, it is cool. I mean, it's great. And we, we can talk about Star Wars another time. Um, it is the best in being is fleshed out Star Wars universe more. Well, Star Wars yep. was a self-contained film. It expanded that universe to something more. It made Darth Vader more than just a henchman. Introduced us to Yoda. So many aspects were there, and it had a bummer of an ending. Yeah. And it was just like, it was. there was so much to that movie, and it was just, I mean, it looked good. They spent the money, because I know with a lot of sequels back then, especially you look at things like the Planet of the Apes films and things like that, the more movies they made, the less the budget got. Yes. They didn't put more money in, they put less in. So at least this was the first time that I can think of where they actually go, no, 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 let's spend more. Let's make it bigger as opposed to let's put in less and try and just make some money out of this thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, it is good. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at some notable releases. There's some ones that made money in 1980. And okay. we've got Airplane, or as we know in Australia, Flying High. Yes. Which made a lot of money. Smoking and the Bandit 2, and you can go back. To, we had a – was that in their way to Zeds? We talked about Burt Reynolds, wasn't it? Yes, we did, yep. Yes, yeah, so Smoking and the Bandit 2, we talked about that a lot. Blues Brothers, massive film. Obviously, we mentioned that on last month's show, yeah. Yes. Uh, nine to five. Pretty big. Popular with oh. your wife, I think. You know, Dolly yes. Parton, great stuff. Now, as far as Australian movies go, we had Breaker Morant. That was a big deal. I, um, I don't think I've seen Breaker Morant. Shoot straight, you bastards. That's mm. all I can really say. Elephant Man, an important film for oh, me. Something okay. you'd remember. Yes. Flash Gordon. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Mm. I definitely remember that. We, we talked about that in a very early episode of the podcast. Big budget film, not a blockbuster. Heaven's Gate. It's a movie that pretty much killed United Artists films. So expensive, made nothing. Popeye, same deal. Caddyshack, classic comedy film. And Cannibal Holocaust, which is one of those found footage, you know, filmed in the Amazon and it looks real. And people actually thought it was real, like a documentary style film of nasty, nasty stuff happening. But it's just kind of groundbreaking for its time. But two movies that aren't, didn't quite make the money, but to me, a classics, Xanadu, and You Can't Stop the Music. Yes. Well, we've yeah. talked about You Can't Stop the Music quite a lot because it's a New Year's Eve tradition in Australia for Channel 9 to chuck that on at midnight or something, isn't it? Yep. So, yeah. It gets a bit of a run every year. Okay. Mm. Well, let's talk about 1981 now. So 1981 also had another one of the top 10 
highest grossing movies of the 1980s. And that was Raiders of the Lost Ark, which made $245 million in the US box office. And again, I can remember seeing this at the cinema. And it was in a double feature with Corvette Summer because they thought, oh, there's two movies starring people from Star Wars. Let's chuck Star Wars a double feature. I would have been 10 years old in 1981. I probably would have been about nine when I saw it at the cinema. So I hadn't quite turned 10 yet. So Raiders of the Lost Ark for me was a really big deal. But Corvette Summer, I don't think was appropriate for a 10-year-old to be seeing. Okay. I've never seen it. I know the Corvette had a big fuck-off blower on it. Yes, pictures from, but I've never seen it. No, the the car is definitely the best actor in the movie. Okay, (laughs) but yes, uh, I've only gone back and watched it once again since then, so I I don't know if I can say that it really holds up. But uh, yeah, Raiders, on the other hand, definitely does. See that that might be an adventure movie you can show your kids. I'm trying to work out when. Again, I'm trying to work out when. What age do I show it? I mean, it's fine. It's not too violent. Well, I just remember have to I warn was, them. Yeah. Warn uh, them at the bit at the end with the faces stuff. melting. And maybe the bit where the, the bold guy gets his propeller uh, blade. Pro- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Spoilers if you haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> like Jumanji's there and I want to show them that. Like the remakes, the new yep. ones. It's like, oh, is that you know, is that gonna be fine? I just yeah, I don't know what age to show. But I remember I, I wanted to see Raiders of the Lost Ark because it was the big movie at the time and we all went to the city to watch a movie. Like me and my family and my cousins as well. So my dad went and saw Raiders of the Lost Ark on his own. Yeah. My mum and my auntie went and saw Chariots of Fire and my uncle took all us kids to see Albie Mangles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did I he throw his the... dog out of the window? <laughs> no, I don't. I honestly don't remember. I wanted to see Man Max 2. It was weird. I was like nine. Not, yeah. yeah, nine. Yeah, Raiders was the one to see, but we saw fucking Albie Mangles. And for those who don't know, Albie Mangles was like, were they called travelogue movies or something yeah. like that? Where it was a dude adventuring around the world or Australia and he just, stuff happened. See, I didn't He's, think they showed those at cinemas. I thought they were all like your local I, town hall, just put a screen up. I think up I saw it at the Regent, like okay. the theatre. Like they were playing it there for some reason. Weird. It was just one of those things. And yes, to this day, I still remember that I saw that instead of something else. I saw a fucking Albie Mangles movie. Yeah. Shall we look at some of the other notable releases of 1981? Yes. Superman 2. So I get confused. Superman 2 is the one with the baddies in the mirror? Yes. So yeah, I remember that being quite a good version. It's a good one. Superman yes. 3 I wasn't too sure about, but yeah, Superman 2 is a good it's movie. Got, it's got moments. Yeah. Arthur. Now, I remember mum loving this movie. She was a big Dudley Moore fan. I don't never saw it myself, but I saw bits and just him being drunk. I sort of remember, and I remember Dudley Moore being funny. Like, you know, when you're young and you don't have other points of comparison, yeah. like who's funny or who's a star? Yeah, so that was weird. Striped. Yeah, I remember watching that a lot. That was a great Yeah, movie. me too. Cannonball Run, we've talked about that in the Burt Reynolds. Sure oh, have. Bandits was actually the top, one of the top 10 grossing films. Now, I only saw that recently in the last couple of months for the first time. And I've got to say, I was underwhelmed. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Just like, yeah, History of the World Part 1, if you like your Mel Brooks, which yep. you do. Heavy Metal was released, which is the um, animated collection of short films, I suppose, yep. um, based on heavy the Heavy Metal comic, which was um, kind of interesting. When we talk to Australian films, we have Gallipoli and Mad Max 2, so good year for Mel. Excalibur came out, so if you want to go back to another previous episode, we just spoke about that film. 
American Werewolf in London and The Howling both came out in 81. Back when horror movies were good and they were still scary without being too splatter fists, really. Well, we'll we'll get to those because I'll turn up soon. But, I mean, now horror movies are good too if you want Annabelle and the Hereditary and those sort of things. I just, I'm not looking for those films anymore. Apparently Invisible Man's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Another two films I would like to mention. Clash of the Titans. Yes. Speaking of adventure films I have shown the kids. And the last one, which I keep checking for Disney Plus for them to upload it, but they haven't put it on there yet. Condor Man. Ah, I saw that at the cinema too. Oh, you did. I didn't. I saw it on video. Yes. It's the joy of being... It's the joy of being that couple of years older than you. I got to see yes. movies in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's 1981. All right, so 1982, we actually have one movie that just blew everything away in 1982, and it was actually the highest grossing movie of all of the 1980s, and that's E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And that made $435 million in just in the US, and I think it's about $790 million worldwide. I saw E.T. in the cinema, but I didn't actually see it in the cinema until a few years later when it got re-released, and it was actually on a school trip when I was living in Adelaide, and I went to the Octagon Theatre in Elizabeth for any South Australian listeners. I don't even know if it's still there. Elizabeth, but that's where Holden was. Yeah, but it's a. It was more of a, a theatre than a cinema. But they just okay. put a screen up. But it's very much a tiered cinema and a kid in the back row vomited when E.T. was in the hospital bed looking all like like a white sitting. dog turd sitting there and <laughs> as he vomited it rolled down the tiered steps of the cinema and it was almost like a reverse Mexican wave with all the kids in all the rows in front of them slowly <laughs> lifting their bags and feet off the chair as the vomit rolled down the seats so that that is my takeaway from E.T. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anytime I think of E.T. I just think of that kid vomiting in, in Elizabeth but anyway I think I saw it at Knox. Like it was a long way for us to go to get there. And I think it's because Robbie Flower, legend of the Melbourne Football Club, used to own a sports mart or a sports car out that way. So we sort of went out there to see Robbie, who wasn't there and wasn't working on the day, and we saw E.T. That's my sort of memory hmm. from it. It's funny, though, because I can remember that E.T. was huge, and I think I've probably seen it a couple of times later on video in the 80s, but I haven't watched it for probably 20 or 30 years. I hadn't. I saw it at the cinema. Never watched it on video. Never hired it again. It was not a movie for me. It didn't have, you know, spaceships and or didn't have a spaceship. Didn't have lasers and stuff like that. I wanted Star Wars and shit. And it wasn't that. Like, I enjoyed it for what it was. It just didn't resonate with me enough to watch it. So when it came out on video, I didn't hire it. And it was on TV. And I think I only caught it in the 90s, mid to late 90s. It's like, fuck, this is a good film. <laughs> It it definitely is a good film. I'm worried that when they've done the remaster of it and they've airbrushed out all the guns and changed them to walkie-talkies and stuff like that, I I think if I watched it now, I would be disappointed because it isn't what I remember. But I don't know. Maybe I should go back and give it another go. Well, it is something I I look forward to watching with the kids when they're old enough. But I do feel sorry for my daughter, who's just nearly four, and she's being dragged along on this cinematic journey well probably before her time. We were watching oh, we were watching Shazam the other day, and I was watching footy because footy was on tally that night, and I've seen Shazam, so the kids were watching it, and it got to the scary bits in it, and she came into the room saying, this is kind of scary. I've taken myself out. That's okay. I'll talk to you for a bit. I'll go back when it's finished. Sounds good. And she was so happy about it, but yeah. she was like just uh, totally in control of the situation, and I loved her for that. <laughs> I was just like, okay, that's cool. So she wasn't coming in freaked out. She was just like, not for me taking myself out of the situation, all good. 
I'll be back soon. Mm. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Good idea. I feel I do feel sorry for her that she's sort of getting a, a mainline introduction to cinema without, you know, being old enough to probably appreciate it. She seems pretty cool with it so far, but yeah, there's certain films like maybe an ET that I might save to when they they can really she can at least fully appreciate it. That's why Disney's good for her because she loves her fucking Elsa. Can't fucking get enough of it. But yep, yep, exactly. That's all good. So ET, let's look at 1982, shall we? Sure. A big blockbuster because it's. I did notice this looking at the list. There's certain years where it's the those big movies are the big movies, but then there's sort of like other films that make a lot of money because that's adults go to the movies too and that would be tootsie was like two or three that year okay. and i i got it i think you spoke about it in the previous episode where it's really yeah. good where i have not seen it for 30 years so i really it is something i really should appreciate and go check out uh, rocky three was another big one obviously star trek two the right, 48 uh, hours. Now, yeah. 48 hours I haven't seen ever, to be honest. I just, that, that was sort of that mature action film back then. Yeah. You know, and I was, you know, 11. I didn't want to see that sort of shit. And I've never chased it up. I'm never bothered. Yep. So we had Poltergeist. I do remember seeing that. You're you moving the headstones. You're dead. Move the bodies. Anyway, Flying High 2. Blade not Runner. as good as the first one. Oh, Blade Runner is a great movie. Yes, obviously not a big blockbuster as far as didn't make the money, but it did obviously stand the test of time. And there's actually two hairdressers in the two suburbs near where I live, and they're both called Blade Runner's hairdressers. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, which we great have film. spoken in the past in the past. We have, yes. In the past, in the past. And Creepshow, which I'm a fan of because I like my stupid horror films. Also, two other movies, notable ones, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Dark Crystal. Hmm. I'm surprised I didn't come up with Dark Crystal because that was a, a big movie for me when I was a kid. Yeah, we've spoken about the past. You liked it. I did. Freaked me out. Okay, so 1983. I've only got the one movie written down for 1983, and that was Return of the Jedi. Oh, no. Return (laughs) of the Jedi made $309 in the box office, and it was actually the number two highest grossing film of the 1980s. Wow, that's uh, an opening weekend for a Marvel. It, it is, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, pick and price is all less, and it's all, yeah, everything. And mm. um, we've talked about it so often, though. When we were kids, the fact that you didn't have you know, video or DVD and you couldn't watch it all the time, and there was nothing in between. So it was kind of like there was two years in between or three years in between when Empire Strikes Back came out to when Return of the Jedi came out. And we were just getting little teasers of, you know, maybe you'd get a magazine and you'd see a picture of like Star Wars is coming or whatever. And it was like a real big thing. And I know for me in that stage, it was all about the the Star Wars figures. And I think some of the figures actually got released before the movie. So you would. We got lots because we would have got it in summer here. So yeah. it would have been out in summer in America, so between May and July, I suppose. Yep. And we would have got it at Christmas. Yeah. And I know I got the Scholastic book. I'd read the book beforehand. I knew the story. I knew the whole thing. Fuck spoilers. Yep. And a lot of toys came out. I had a free Neen Num figure because you bought the figures and got the proof of purchase and sent away. Yep. So, And there was always toys. So there was always Star Wars hype because they were releasing stuff constantly. Yep. And then eventually, you know, we got the movie. And it was just like, I don't remember the wait, to be honest. And we didn't have the videos back then. I didn't have a video. So we couldn't watch it again and again. If we were lucky, it was on tally, but that really didn't happen. 
Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. So just my memory of Star Wars was bigger than anything. And I know Star Wars did get a Guernsey for a long time as, a, as at the cinemas. And I think just before Empire came out, I got another go at the cinemas beforehand to build up some hype. Yeah. I'm not sure if Empire did the same before Jedi, but I, I just can't remember. But I can remember when Return of the Jedi came out, they actually played all three of them back to back to back. And you could go for a whole day and just watch Star Wars for you know eight hours or whatever. Okay. So I did that when I was younger. Cool. All right. So that's Jedi. So no, so 1980, Empire Strikes Back. 81, Raiders yep. of the Lost Ark. 82, E.T., 83, Return of the Jedi. Yep. George Lucas Spielberg got a bit of a monopoly going on. Exactly, yeah. Mm. All right. Other notables, 1983, Trading Places. Another Eddie Murphy vehicle that I've never seen. Mm, pretty good. Still holds up. Yeah. War Games. Now, this surprised me that this was like number eight at the top of grossing in the American box office. It's a good film, and it's a kid's film. Like, for me, it was like, oh, because he was like 15 or 16, so a little bit older than me, but look what he can do with the computer. Yep. But, yeah, that was um, that was big. Octopussy, as I mentioned before, Staying Alive was in the top ten. The pseudo-sequel, or I think it's a full-on sequel to Saturday Night Fever. I've not seen it, but it was there. It's uh, also rated as one of Mr. the worst Mum. movies of all time. Oh, could be. Uh, yeah, Mr. Mr. Mum, Mum is a good movie. Yep, we've, we've talked, talked about, about that before. We? Yes, we yeah. did. Yep, Australian film. I like to try and bring one in if I can. BMX Bandits, the introduction of the world of Nicole Kidman. That was fun. I love that. Krull, which we can go back to a previous episode and find us talking about Krull. King of Comedy, which I spoke about recently in a Joker review. Valley Girl, which we've spoken about as well, came out then. And there's actually a show on, I think it's Stan or Amazon. There's a the remake of Valley Girl. A series yeah, it's, a, it's on, on Amazon, I think. Yeah. yeah. And the last one, another Australian film, Farlap. Ah, I've, I've never seen Farlap. What? Yeah. You call yourself a Welshman. <laughs> well, I don't call myself a Welshman. You call You're me a Welshman. Australian, obviously. No. I haven't seen Farlap. Wasn't he a New in... Zealand horse? He is a New Zealand horse, correct. Yeah. All right. Mm. I do know something about horses. That's then. where his skeleton is. Yes, and his heart's in Melbourne? No. His hide? What do you call his skin? His fur? He's I don't stuffed. think it's fur. No, he's stuffed. So he's, yep. his skeleton's in New Zealand. He's, <laughs> his carcass. His taxiderm self is yep. in Melbourne, and his heart's in Canberra. Okay. And for those who don't know, Farlap's a horse from the Depression times that sort of was the heart of the nation in a way. He didn't lose and tragically died while in America. But hmm. yes, it's just not a bad story. Okay. Okay, 1984, Sex Crimes. So we had the movie 1984 came out in 1984, but surprisingly that wasn't a blockbuster. But no. Two big ones from 1984. Ghostbusters is the sixth highest grossing movie of the 80s, and that yeah. made $238 million, And mm-hmm. I do remember seeing that in the cinema. And the other one from 1984 that also made a lot of money was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which okay. I will go on record and say is my favourite of the Indiana Jones trilogy even though there's four of them but watching it again recently it doesn't quite hold it's up quite as well as some of the other ones do. No. I, so I think, it was your favourite? Oh, by far it was my favourite. Just the when? whole, yeah, until, uh, I don't know, probably until I realised that Kate Capshaw only got her gig because she was married to the producer or director or whoever he was at the time. Spielberg and, director. Yeah, so going back and watching it now, it's kind of like, well, she is really fucking annoying and I don't know if that's meant to be her character is just annoying or whether it's just the, the way she acts it is what makes it annoying. But, no time yeah. for love, Mr. Jones. But I remember as a as a kid, I loved Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom because he rips his heart out. There was just so many bits to it. Like it was a roller coaster. 
yeah, call. there's the car chase at the start. There's the plane crash and the and the raft, and then there's the whole you know indie turning bad, and then short round sticking him with the fire to make him good again. And the mind sequence, exactly. But a lot of it, when you look at now, it's like, well, yes, maybe it's a little bit cliched, but I still liked it as a kid. So how did I, I liked it. it? It was fine, but yeah, I liked the first one more. Yeah, and I see, definitely today I like the first one more. I think I saw it at the cinemas, but I don't really have a memory of seeing it. No, it was good, but, and I, I was a big deal, obviously. But yeah, I was funny looking at these lists, going, "Is that the same year as this?" Because I thought that was earlier than Ghostbusters. Well, I can definitely remember seeing Ghostbusters later here in Australia because mm. I think the same year that it came out, I got a Ghostbusters calendar for Christmas, and I think I had only just seen it at that stage. So maybe we did get it later here, not in summer, but yeah. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Exactly. And again, Ghostbusters still holds up. We showed my kids that probably last year, I think we showed Ghostbusters to the kids and they really got into it. Wasn't too scary. Ghostbusters Answer the Call, which is the name of the female Ghostbusters. Yeah. That was on telly again on the weekend. And I caught myself watching it. I didn't catch myself. I, I found myself watching it. It's like, it's actually really good. Really See, good. I, I've, I haven't bothered. I, I watched good. about the first 10 minutes and it, it just lost me. The, so the first time I went in, I was sort of like being critical, which was wrong. And its jokes weren't as good to me as the original Ghostbusters because it was trying to be way too funny where Ghostbusters was sort of like a serious science fiction film in a way with funny yeah where this version felt like a comedy with special effects and stuff like that but now that i know the jokes i know the tone i know where it all goes i actually find it a really enjoyable movie to watch it's really good so i actually recommend watching it but yeah my first time out i was like "Mm, not sure because a lot of the jokes just didn't land yep but when you know them, it's better. And there's little, it's, there's subtler things in there that I, I get out of it more. And no, I actually, I'm really enjoying it a lot more this time around. Okay. It, with every subsequent watch, there's more and more I'm taking out of it that I really enjoy that I just didn't get first time around. But yeah, let's look at other films. I don't know how much, but Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, so that so was actually we, released that in was, December that year. Mm. And that's actually the number seven highest grossest movies yeah. of the 80s and that made 234 million so ghostbusters only made 238 million so beverly hills cops pretty close behind it so yeah but that is the only movie on the top 10 that wasn't a summer blockbuster it's the only one that wasn't released in the summer period okay well it's a bit of a shock people probably weren't expecting it but as we've seen in the last two years eddie murphy with 48 hours and trading places bit of a star Obviously yeah. had some kudos. This was his big breakout. Yeah, I'm number one. So, yeah. but 1984 could put an argument out as the best release of cinema, single best year of movies released ever. Yeah. Because we've got Ghostbusters, Temple of Doom, Beverly Hills Cop. Now, what did we say? We had Spielberg and we had George Lucas with E.T., Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Return of the Jedi, and here we've got Temple of Doom. Yep. So the early 80s purely was George Lucas and Spielberg's time. Yep. But what else did we get in 1984? We had Gremlins. That's a Christmas movie. Obviously, it didn't come out in summer, but still, we got it. No, it, it did, year. actually. It, it came out in June, which I think is weird because it is very it much a Christmas movie, but it came out in the middle of the year. Okay. We had Footloose. Yes. We had Romancing the Stone, which is a thinking man's Indiana Jones sort of adventure film. Yep. 
And a we bit had more Star- adult. We had Star Trek Three. Which one was that? That was the Search, Search for Spock. Yeah. Yep. Which was on telly last night on SBS. <laughs> we had Splash. Before they say, had to edit yeah, out the uh, the bump. Give crack. her a furry bum. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did I say Karate Kid? <laughs> no, you didn't. I okay. didn't. Karate Kid, which is obviously for us at that time, was a big fucking deal. Do you know yeah. why? Because you're the best. <laughs> Yes. And one more film I'm going to add to this list because it doesn't get the kudos that the others do. Well, it does, but Police Academy. Mm, I didn't realise it was that old. Yeah. So, yes, many, many, many times I've seen Police Academy. So good. Don't move, slime ball. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, 1984, pretty damn good. Pretty good. Year mm. of films. Let's go 1985. Okay. Let's move All right. Along. So, there's obviously one really big one from 1985 that we have talked about a lot when we did our A to Z. It was our yeah. B episode for Back to the Future, and that made $210 million in the box office. Produced by Spielberg, it- so he's still up there. Yes, and that was number eight in the top ten highest-grossing movies of the 1980s. Okay. So, for me, that was probably my favourite of the 1985 movies. But another movie that came out and made a lot of money as well is Rambo First Blood 2. Yep. I remember. I saw Back to the Future at the Montmorency Cinema. Back to this tiny little cinema in Monty. I saw that with my auntie and my cousin. I remember that. And Rambo, I saw, I was in a youth group called the Australian Air League, and that was our outing. We went to Greensboro Twin Cinemas back in the day, and we saw Rambo. And, ah, that big Russian helicopter. Ah, what a movie. (laughs) It was huge. Never seen anything like it. No, but since then, there's been a lot of imitations. But, yeah, I think... At the time, yeah. Yeah, because I remember that, because I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, where I watched that, and you watch Rambo, and then you get the videos, and you go and get Chuck Norris in Missing in Action, which is essentially the same sort of movie. Hmm. And to me, they were the same, as in, they're both films, they're both awesome. <laughs> but one probably had a budget of, back then, 20, 30 million, and probably had a budget of 2 million. Yeah. But to me, they were both the same. They were equal as yeah. far as movies go. Equally awesome and equally fucking, yeah, kick ass. Yeah, so we have Back to the Future, Rambo. So this alone had a good year because we had Rocky Four. Get ready for the next world war. Mm. Yes, we had Jewel of the Nile. I didn't realise I was so close together with Romancing, Romancing with Stone and Jewel of the Nile. Mm. The not the lesser sequel i suppose and the movie that i don't quite get but everyone has nostalgia for and that's goonies it's like the hook of the of the 80s like when i saw hook you know the robin williams peter pan movie a younger group of people just love that movie i saw it the drive-in didn't give a shit no i've seen it couldn't care no where where people love it and the same with goonies i don't know i didn't see the cinemas i have seen it on video but I obviously have never cared. I'm never going back, never watched it. No. And I don't think I want to because I've heard it doesn't hold up, so it's not going to be good for me. I don't even have the nostalgia fix that I'm going to get from it. So I might just let it go, maybe watch it with the kids one day. They might get something out of it, but I don't care. And one more movie of note from 1985 is Spies Like Us, which I do remember watching on video and liking, but I was surprised to see this in the top 10 of Money Earners. thinking, oh, that was just like a quirky Dan Aykroyd Chevy Chase, you know, like a Stripes yep. sort of comedy. But it's like, that was in the top 10. There you go. Maybe I should go back and rewatch it. Maybe you should. Mm, 1986. So for me, I think 1986 is the year of the 80s when all of the good movies came out. 
So there's actually nothing that actually cracked the top 10 highest grossing in 1986. But for me, you can't really go past summer blockbusters without thinking about Top Gun Mm -hmm. because that just came and I I thought it would have blown everything away, but obviously it didn't make as much money as, as I thought it did. But it was a big movie especially for the group of friends I was in because we were like Air Force kids and we were all you know, military sort of people and we we're like, oh, you know, this is the movie for us sort of thing. Yeah. And there was a lot of people, I think, that went and wanted to become Navy fighter pilots after they saw Top Gun. God, yeah. Well, it was but, no Iron Eagle, but it's pretty good. No, well, Iron Eagle came out about two months before Top Gun actually got released, but people yeah, don't yeah. seem to remember that. But yeah, I know that's happy. Yeah. So also in 1986 was Karate Kid 2 mm-hmm. with the classic Peter Cetera song from the soundtrack. I kind of at the time didn't think Karate Kid 2 was that good a movie, but watching it again much later, I've come to appreciate that it is a really good film. And also Aliens came out in 1986, which was a a bit of a departure from the original Alien. So the original Alien is kind of like a space drama, whereas It's a haunted house film. Yeah, whereas Aliens is an action film. It's a Vietnam War film, Yeah, (laughs) is what it is. But yeah. Very different, but fucking amazing. And, and that's another, a movie I never saw until the 90s. No, I just, again, I, just I, I didn't it. see it at the time either. It was probably I, I the late why. 80s when I, I saw just, it. I, I just missed it and didn't get around to it. When I saw it, I was like, why had I not seen this? There's a lot of films. I don't know what I was doing because there are certain films, and we'll get to some later, that I just didn't know. And I, I, I used to watch Entertainment Tonight and all that. I was all about what was going on. And this yeah. is before I was a like comic book fan, so it's not like I was only watching comic book movies. I don't know what I was watching, but this one totally slipped me by. Mm. And that, this would have been the year of Predator as well, but I didn't know that in my list. And yeah. the two other favourites of mine that came out in 1986, the Vietnam War movie Platoon, which yep. I was mm-hmm. I was quite a big fan of that when I was younger. And another movie from 1986 that I am sure I've talked about lots of times on the podcast, and that's Highlander. Okay, yep. So, yes. Yeah, but this is your surprisingly, movies, I think. It is or it isn't? It is. I think 1986 is probably my pick of the movies from the 80s. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Platoon, I, I've seen them once. It was a few years after that. But, yeah, it just didn't resonate with me. And I was a Tour of Duty fan. I did like my war films. I, I was just – it just got nostalgic for a video library then, but going to the war section. Because I think I watched Platoon when I was studying Vietnam War in history, which would have been about year 11. And I would have watched it then. And I remember getting another movie. There was Casualties of War, which had Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future in it. And there was another one about Agent Orange, which was really dull, but it was not a big film. But I remember the war section. That was an actual section in the video library. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, so I went through, like, when I was studying Vietnam, I was like, oh, let's look at the Vietnam movies. And there weren't that many. It was like Hamburger Hill. And... Well, that came out in 87. So, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, Vietnam was a genre for a while there, but it wasn't, wasn't a lot. But yeah, yeah. Um, other movies, Crocodile Dundee, if you want the very first one. And that's topical now because they just released the latest Crocodile Dundee film on Amazon Plus, I think it is. Oh, did they? Mm. So that's just streaming in the last week. And it's hard to believe it's nearly 40 years. Wow. <laughs> and he was old then. Yeah. He must be really old now. Mm-hmm. And we also had Golden Child, which keeping the Eddie Murphy going, he was still a bit of a thing, metaphysical or magical sort of adventure sort of movie. So that is an adventure film maybe that I could I, think about watching later on. I haven't seen that for a very long time, but I did actually see that at the cinema too. Okay. I saw that at 
you know, the last week of school when the teachers don't care anymore and they just put yep. videos on. That's that's when I saw it. We also had a little film called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hmm. Yes, Star yeah. Trek Four. The Voyage Home and Back to School. Because I don't know what it was, maybe because of my Caddyshack love, but I thought Rodney Dangerfield was great. And he was a big star. So if he was in a movie, it must be important. <laughs> and it's got a young Robert Downey Jr. in that too. Okay. Yes. All right, 1987. So looking at the list for 1987, there wasn't a lot in that sort of teenagers were like this. So there wasn't a lot that really did anything for me at the time except for maybe lethal weapon okay it's probably the only one that i can remember seeing at the cinema but oh as far as summer blockbusters but the other two movies that really did make a lot of money in 1987 were good morning vietnam came out in 1987 huge you didn't that didn't do anything for you for me that was well it it did but i wouldn't class that as a I wouldn't class that as a summer blockbuster, though. But the highest grossing movie of 1987 was actually Three Men and a Baby. Yeah. So, hmm. But I saw and them I, at the cinemas. Okay. They were big okay. deals. But yeah, it's sort of weird because we've gotten away from that George Lucas Spielberg thing all of a sudden. Yep. Like, for the first five years, it was all those big movies. Back to the Future was there. Then Top Gun, so it was an action-adventure film. Platoon, Karate Kid. Aliens was there in Star Trek, but that was all as far as your, you know, sci-fi-y sort of movies. And yep. now we've got Three Men and a Baby, Fatal Attraction, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Good Morning Vietnam, Untouchables, Lethal Weapon, and The Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. That was sort of the big movies. It's like there's not really your kids' fair in there. Now, I haven't gone any deeper than that. But, yeah, it's sort of like it was a very mature year for films. Like the only thing in this sort of genre is Witches of Eastwick, and that's not for kids. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a weird but, year. Actually, there was another movie that is quite a good movie for kids to watch that is an adventure movie, and that's A Night on the Town, or Adventures in Babysitting, as it was called in America. That was 1987 as well. No one gets out of here without singing the blues. That's true. Yeah. That's cool. All right, 1998. Well, 88 was another good year for action sort of movies, because Die Hard came out in 1988. So that's the movie I was going to talk about, because that's a movie I didn't see at the cinemas. wasn't until it came out on video later on, when everyone else was talking about it. I'm like, yeah, what is this film you're talking about? I, I, I have no idea how I missed it. I don't know what I was doing in 1988 to ignore it. How did I ignore it? How did that well, happen? I know I didn't see Die Hard in the cinema. I only saw that on video. I definitely saw Die Hard 2 in the cinema. And oh, for a yes. long time, for a long time, Die Hard 2, I thought, was a better film than Die Hard. But then I've gone back and rewatched them now, and I've realised that Die Hard is by far the better film. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Good, though. I, ironically, if you go back and listen to the very early episodes of our podcast, Die Hard gets a mention in probably about the first five episodes. Really? And one of one of those episodes is a music special that we did on covers, and I'm sure you still managed to talk about Die Hard in that episode as well. But when we first started the podcast, we we compared a lot of stuff to Die Hard. So yeah, fair enough. So an, another big movie that came out in 1988 as well was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And again, I don't think it meant a lot to me when I saw that when in back in the day. I did see that in the cinema, but I don't think it really resonated with me now but there is a lot of people of our age group that really love it so I, no, I, I loved it at the time i was blown away by it i remember watching the entertainment tonight and seeing the makings of and it was just so cool and i'm thinking oh imagine if they did a transformers movie like this <laughs> <laughs> oh look at it what we've got now it's like <laughs> cartoons <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I, I was blown away. Loved, absolutely loved it. And I'm a bit of, didn't know what it was at the time, but I was a bit of a nostalgia guy for that whole 
cartoon. I did like my cartoons. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was right up there for me. I absolutely adored it. But the biggest grossing film of the year was Rain Man. Yeah, again proving that adults go to the cinema more more than children. So hmm. yes, but another and that was Tom Cruise, sort of like all right, Top Gun was what, three years before, two years before, and he got obviously it was number one here, and he also was up in the top ten with Cocktail. So, good year for Tom. Hmm. Yes. Eddie Murphy, obviously still bankable because in the top ten was Coming to America, which I've seen once and forgotten. And there's a sequel coming, I think, this year, or whenever they start releasing films again. Yeah. We had Crocodile Dundee 2, Twins. Now, we're not seeing a lot of Arnie, where he was the biggest star in the world, but maybe that was a 90s thing, because it's the first time we've talked about an Arnie film besides Conan, which was not a big blockbuster, but we just mentioned it. Hmm. Um, we had Rambo 3, so Sly's still about. We had Big, you know, we had Splash before. Tom Hanks is starting to become a bit of a star. Die Hard, you mentioned, and the first Naked Gun film. Which is still a very funny movie. Very funny. I saw that at the Northland Cinemas. I remember that now. Went with Dodsey and Michael from memory. Mm, yeah, that's 1998. Dodsey. So the last year, we did, I didn't do 1990 because it's not in the 80s. So no, we'll do that when we do correct. our 90s episode. So, yeah, Excellent. 1989, yes. a couple of big – or a big sequel came out in 1989, and that was Ghostbusters 2. Not quite the blockbuster that Ghostbusters itself was. <sighs> Another family-friendly movie that made a lot of money was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and something that probably resonates well with you, and that is the first Batman movie. Correct. Oh, that was so big. I was so hyped for it. I I just got into comics probably in the year before, within the year. So it was a great time to be a comic fan. Not because this movie was coming out. I just got into comics. I got it. Probably 87, I maybe got the show bag from the Royal Agricultural Show. I got a Phantom comic in it. And then I was speaking to a friend of the show, Dodsey, and we were talking about comics. And he found an ad at the back of a comic for Alternate Worlds, which is a comic shop still exists. I so frequent. Oh, not as much. They had a mail order. So you sent away and they'd send you a catalogue and you can order comics. So we actually went in together and ordered some comics. I think we had to do a mail order or mum wrote a check back in the day for us. I was still in high school. And I ordered some comics. And one of the comics I ordered, purely based on the cover of it, because they showed little images not many. It was all just black and white photocopy. But there was an image of this picture of this groovy-looking dude with a funny face and a big gun saying, who's laughing now? And the comic was called Mayhem. And it was from Dark Horse Comics, and it had, like, four different stories, and it was an anthology book. And the dude holding the gun was The Mask, okay. which was went on to become the Jim Carrey film. So it was a lot more hyper-violent and less kitty, but it was like... I had that. So I was pretty wrapped that I bought something that became a thing in those days. And there was a few other comics I bought. Yeah. Godsey still sort of has an inkling with comics, I think. But I definitely doubled down. I'm sitting in a room that is your fault, Michael. I'm sitting in this bungalow now looking at all (laughs) these thousands of dollars that I've spent and wasted. And look at myself in the mirror and call myself a fucking idiot because of you. (laughs) I'm sure. Because of that that moment. From that moment. How did we get onto that? Oh, anyway, Batman. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so, I, so I got into comics then and I really doubled down. It's like, these are great. So I started buying from the newsagent and all that. And that's when, and then we found out about this comic shop that you could buy mail order from. By the time the movie came around, because the ads were everywhere, in the back of every DC comic, there was a picture. It was just that Bat logo. There was no words, no nothing, just a Bat logo and a date. And I remember watching Wimbledon that year and there were people with Batman t-shirts and the movie had come out in America and the reviews were bad. And I'm like, oh, but we didn't get the movie forever. No, because we and never did back in those days. No. 
So we didn't get that. So I don't know if we got it in summer or we got it in the next school holidays. So it would have been probably in September or something. But it was huge. We had the song, the Prince soundtrack, all that sort of stuff. It was so massive, Bat- absolutely massive. Batman was actually the second highest grossing movie of that year. And it was also the number four highest grossing movie of all time i think of of the 80s but there was one movie that actually made more money worldwide but not quite in the american box office and that was indiana jones and the last crusade so for a long time this was my least favorite of the indiana jones movies until i loved it well until the fourth one came out and then that took over as being the shitty one but Mm. again I've kind of swayed on this as well, because when I first saw it, I didn't like the repartee between Sean Connery's character and Harrison Ford's character. I, oh, I, I loved it. I kind of felt that it took away from the actionness of the movie and turned it into more of a comedy. But going back and watching it now, I can appreciate that, yeah, they had a great sort of family dynamic and that carried the movie quite well. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I loved it from the get-go. What a year for film. So Batman, Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters 2. It was all very nostalgic. We've we also got Back to the talking. Future 2. Yes, and Look Who's Talking. Yep. Ghostbusters 2, as I mentioned before. Lethal Weapon 2 came out. So it was a, a big year for, for sequels. Sequels. Franchises. Yep. We are talking franchises now. One other film that was a big deal was The Little Mermaid, which yeah. I have seen once. But, yeah, it's um, obviously – because Disney, if you look at Disney in the 80s, it was a dead spot. And Little Mermaid was what came out of it. It was yep. the We're Back movie because from that you had Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin sort of followed yep. that. But before that you had uh, the Black Cauldron and a few other things like that. You had the Rescuers movies that were doing okay, but there were some weird movies, Dragon Slayer and things like that. They just yep. sort of lost their way. And then good or bad, however you want to look at it, they found the formula to dig in and make money. Well, I think now, the thing quality. with Little Mermaid, it, it is quality. It's one of those movies where the songs really hold up as well. And I've actually watched The Little Mermaid quite a few times because it's one of my wife's favourite movies when she's feeling a bit down. She needs something to bring her back up. She will watch The Little Mermaid because obviously she's that little bit younger than me as well. And she has a lot of fond memories of watching it when she was a kid. And now it's kind of like if she yeah, needs a bit of a pick-me-up, it's, well, let's watch The Little Mermaid. So I know it pretty well. I've seen it quite a few times. And for me, it's it, you're right. It's kind of that turning point for Disney when they went from having no-name actors doing the voices to maybe not big stars doing the voices, but it was recognisable people doing voices. And also the fact that, yeah, the songs in this are really, really catchy as well, which which helps. Yeah, I don't, I couldn't tell you the, the musical they'd done before this, so they obviously got back into the musical side of things, and, yeah, they just really nailed it as far as here's the formula that's going to make us millions going forward. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm nostalgic for going to the movies again. I, I'd been over it. I sort of haven't really cared. You know, I'm not missing it so much. I don't really want to be around a lot of people right now because no, we are back in stage three lockdown, as I think we mentioned last episode. Now we're at a point where we are spiking like you would not believe, and we are compulsorily having to wear masks in, in Victoria now. So that's how we're going. So, yeah, the idea of going to the cinema, no, nah, fuck that. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to happen. You're, you're pretty good down in Tassie. You're, you're, you're okay. You. What? 
the cinemas are open again here, but as we mentioned last time, they're, they're not really paying anything new. Like, I was looking at the listing of what was actually on over the school holidays, and they, they dragged Frozen 1 back out to show at the cinema. And there was something else that I was like, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But it was like a movie from the 90s that they dragged back out again as well. So, yeah, that nothing new at the cinema, definitely. Well, a few weeks ago, they reopened the drive-in first before anything else, and I was really excited about going, but it's just, unfortunately, it's winter and it's Melbourne, so it's not ideal. Our kids are sort of too young to take because it's sort of like, yeah, we could, but we just never... We just never got around to going, but they were playing old films. They were playing things like Heathers. So it was a really nice curated list of movies, but it was just like, if I was going with mates, it'd be awesome, but you sort of can't and got to take the kids. So it just didn't happen. But yeah, if it was a different time, I would have fucking loved that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's so enough. I think we've gone. We've gone a lot longer than we normally do on a mini, but yeah. We always like say that on a mini. Well, we do. So... I don't know. Some of our minis have been very much a 15-minute episode. Epic minis. Is, yeah, epic, exactly. But there, as I said, there was there was a lot of really good movies that shaped my cinema appreciation, I guess, in the, in the 1980s. So I'm glad we sort of sat down and just had a bit of a chat about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I can envision during lockdown we may even revisit this idea and do a 90s blockbuster summer movies as well so who knows stay tuned that might come soon and then we can work out what was the best year of cinema ever 86 oh 88 was pretty good it was 89 uh, 89 was pretty good and 99 was pretty fucking good too uh, well i forgot to mention 1986 was when the animated transformers movie came out as well wasn't it oh you've got the touch But you've got the power. But anyway, that was the 1980s. It was fun having a chat. It makes me want to go back and dig up some videos and just watch some stuff again. I don't know about you. Well, it it does. It does. But I'm struggling in this isolation, which is the time when this is perfect time to go back and watch these things. But I'm struggling. It's weird because I think I've got a lot of anxiety. And there was an article the other day saying that people with anxiety generally re-watch a lot of stuff because they know what's coming and they know what to expect. Yet, I'm not doing that. I'm not going back and re-watching a lot of stuff. It's weird. That is weird. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I don't have anxiety at all. Who knew? Who knew I'm not a doctor? I'm just self-diagnosing myself with all this crap at the moment. This is a great time to be alive, I can tell you now. (laughs) When you're sitting there and you've got nothing to do but think. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. So if you're out there, listeners, and you're self-diagnosed, tell me what you've been coming up with for yourself. It's all good. Yeah. Give us a bit of feedback. Jump on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on our website, which is themapodcast.podbean.com, and you can drop us a line on Twitter at themapodcast. So until we come back, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our normal monthly episode. And as I said, we might come back next month with another mini, and we'll look at 1990s blockbusters as well. But until then, thank you very much, Mitch. No worries. Uh, See you, man. uh, And we'll see you soon. Stay safe. Wear a mask. You too. Bye-bye. 